All right. Let me, uh, let me ask you to do something with me tonight. Uh, forgive me if I read a lot because <clears throat> I have some difficulty. I'm trying to get over it, but if I have to read, you just uh, listen then. But I have something here that when I think about the Christmas season, I pull it out and read it. And uh, believe it or not, somebody sitting right here tonight is one wrote this. I guess you'll, uh, you'll identify that. And that's uh, Miss Lucy Milton. The spirit of Christmas is love. Do you agree with that? The spirit of Christmas is love. I heard a high priest today say something in an interview. I don't usually agree a lot with what they say, but I agree with what this man said. He said, we're living in the most hateful world right now than we've ever had. He said, people are at each other's throats and people are critical of everything and just, and what a time it is. And he said, what we need to do is pattern after the Lord and try to care for one another. I thought that was pretty good, didn't you? Listen to this. What does Christmas mean to you? Is it just a gift or two? Does it mean eating turkey and ham? Or does your mind reflect upon the lamb? Or <clears throat> today, my friend, we, just, we live such a life with all the envy, the greed, and the strife that I'm afraid somehow we've lost sight of what really happened that Christmas night. I think sometimes it's very easy for us to get so caught up that we begin to forget who we are, where we are. I'm sharing with you tonight, I want to, in the book of John in chapter 1. And uh, again, you'll pardon me, my voice is not the best. And I honestly, I have not been able to preach but once or twice in the last year and a half. And so <clears throat> we've got enough lights. I think we, it says 719. I believe we could go to about 1030 and you could still get home time watching the news, right? <laughs> I'd be lucky if I last 10 minutes. <laughs> Said, yes, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in that stable, cold and dim. But was he born with a box in his hand to give his gift to mortal man? No, no. His gift went much deeper than that. And Calvary is where it's at. For there upon the cross that day, he gave to us a much better day. And that's the truth, isn't it? God is so good to us. I want you tonight. I hope you've had a good Christmas day in. I hope you've taken time out today to give thanks to our Heavenly Father who gave His only begotten Son. Get this now, that whosoever believeth in Him, try this sometime every day when you end the day with your prayer. Say, yes, Lord, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, why do we do that? He said, for whosoever believeth on him 
shall not perish, but have everlasting life. What a promise that is. In John, we'll jump around just a little bit, but um, I, I ask you again to pray that God will bless our church. I tell you, I hate to say it in front of him, but I'm telling you, Ken Crane has been one of the greatest helps I've ever had. He and James together have done a tremendous job in our church. And I tell you, I'm proud of them. Every time I ask Ken something, he said, whatever needs to be done, I'll do it. Every time I ask James something, he said, yes, Pop, yes. And we are seeing some things happen that God is blessing in a very special way. But in 1 John, in the book of John, the Gospel of John, I want to share with you the word here that, and jump around just a little bit, but be careful when you read the Bible. Don't read it so fast that you don't get anything out of it. I've read scriptures before. I said, I'm going to get my three chapters in today, or I'm going to do this or that. I've learned in the latter years, I'm going to read until the Lord touches my heart with His Word. And uh, I want to do that. I try to do that. But sometimes we just read over. Now watch this, and I'll give you an example. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things that were made uh, by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory. Now you can read your Bible like that, but let me ask you to do something here and watch this carefully as you read your Bible that, that you learn as much as you can from that. I'm going to talk to you in John's Gospel about three things tonight. The Word, the Way, and the Wonder. And uh, these are things that ought to be dear to our heart. In the beginning, he said. When? Last week? Next week? A hundred years ago? No. He said, in the beginning, this beginning is before the foundation of this world. Get that. It's easy to say, in the beginning. No. When was the beginning? It's like the ending with God. It will never be. He goes back as far as eternity. He goes forward as far as eternity. And we're going to go with him. Well, listen now. In the beginning was the what? Say it out loud now. The Word. In the beginning was the Word. Now, get that. That means that back yonder before the beginning of time, there was the Word. Was that the Bible? No. What was that Word? Who was that Word? Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now read with me and watch it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Wow. Get a hold. The Word was God. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is God Almighty. Thank on that. We have three, three great uh, uh, gifts from in our Heavenly Father. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. 
God the Heavenly Father thought it, talking about salvation. He thought it. Jesus bought it. And the Holy Spirit brought it. All of these tie in from that beginning back there. God knew what He was going to do. And He said, the same was in the beginning with God. He said, all things were made by Him. Huh. I thought Ford Motor Company made it. Who? He said, all things. Did you know that all of the high-tech stuff today, my little great-granddaughter today, put me to shame on the stinking toy she got. And she said, you won't try it. And I said, no. <laughs> She'd already made a fool out of me. I mean, she took my picture with that thing. And she showed me stuff on there. Now, I'm a grown man, and I couldn't do that. But do you know, you know where all that high technology comes from? You ever stop thought about this? God's the one gave it. God's the one gave it. I'm not uh, very much in computers, but I'm glad I know a lot of people that are. But uh, here's the thing. Get this. All things were made by Him, and uh, without Him was not anything made that was made. Now you stop and think about it. We're going to talk here in just a minute. I want you to see the physical Jesus. God, God the Father, and God the man. I want you to see this. Now I want to ask you something. Have you ever watched a baby grow up through life and see them go like this? I tell you, sometimes I look at ours and I wonder where we've been. But uh, a little old boy comes up to me and says, Pop. And I said, yes. And he'll ask me questions sometimes. I'm sitting there looking. Man, somebody. Uh, and, and, but they are so educated before you even start educating them. But think on this, if you will. And the Word was made flesh. Verse 14. This Word that was with God back in before the beginning of time. This Word that uh, was with God. This Word that was God. This Word is now going to be made flesh. This Word, of course, being Jesus. Look at 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. You think about that. Um, I live here and uh, uh, Don and Sonia live down here and their kids are in there. And Kathy and Ken live over here and I live here. I'm telling you, sometimes that house where we live just peaceful as it can be. But you can hear the door slam Somebody hung pop, and I know it's time to wake up. Oh, we got trouble. Well, they'll come in there and just have the best time ever was, and I do. But if I start getting tired, I keep remembering. They're going to take a moment with them. You see what I'm saying? Oh, but you think of it. Can you imagine living next door to a young man? growing up by the name of Jesus Christ. 
Let me tell you something. He wasn't born an altar boy or something. He was born in flesh, just like you and I. He had teeth. He had eyebrows. He had hair. He had fingers. He had toes. He had a head. And uh, he was wise. And yet he grew up. We'll look at that in a minute. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, uh, the glory as of the begotten of the Father. The only begotten of the Father is the Son. Number one, the Word. Number two, the way. The way, the way to know this Word. Jesus gives us that way. And uh, he said, it's so very uh, powerful in saying this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the Word... I knew that blooming thing would do that. You excuse me. I've got kids on the highway. And uh, after tonight, I'm not listening to them. How do you turn these things off? Yes. Now, folks, I do this every service. Well, that was Kroger. Well, you come get this thing. My next thing was to throw it in the baptistry. Yeah, it was my granddaughter teaching that. I don't know anything. So the Word, before the beginning of the world, think of that. The Word was Jesus Christ. The way. We think about how are we going to go to heaven? How are we going to have eternal, everlasting life? How are we going to do that? He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Think about that. He is the way. He is the word. He is the way. And he is the wonder. The wonder of it all. If you go back and look at this, in verse 10, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Now, <clears throat> he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power. See, you couldn't, you can't become a child of God without the power of Almighty God. Thank him when you pray, say, Lord, I thank you so much for giving me the power to become a child of God. For giving me the opportunity to be redeemed by the precious word of Christ. Word. Christ. As a lamb without spot or blemish. Thank you, dear God, that you made this way. You had it from the beginning. And you give it to us. And, and he said he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them 
that believe on his name. Now, I want you to consider what happened in a moment of time here. God became flesh in a moment. In a moment of time. This is a, th a thought that is almost incomprehensible. That he did in that uh, thing, he became flesh like you and me, like us. And I think on this. Remember that when you see a newborn baby, I used to get in trouble all the time. I tell folks there wasn't any such thing as a pretty baby. And uh, I didn't mean they're ugly, I just mean they're red and look like a prune. <laughs> and, uh, but anyhow, we used to get a kick out of that a lot. Don't you think that baby that was born there in Bethlehem? Oh, we hear all kinds of stories about the manger, about old Herod, about the wise men, the shepherd. But think tonight on this one. The Word became flesh. God's Son was born. And think of that. Think of God becoming flesh. That tiny baby that was born there in the manger of Bethlehem was the one who made all things and without Him was nothing made. You think about that. And just think about people looking at Him and saying, oh, look how cute He is. He looks like one of the camels I have or one, you know, something good looking around the house. He tries some way. But he said, uh, oh, look how cute he is. And that little baby's hand reached up and touched the cheek of a young virgin woman whom God implanted his seed in. And we celebrate Christmas, God's only begotten son. And there's that little hand that uh, touching his cheeks, the hand that holds the universe in his hand today. Think on it. Think about that little baby's arm finally going around mom's neck. And uh, that little arm was the one whose everlasting arms are underneath all things. My, what? What a Lord, yes. All right, you can leave now. The living word, listen to words. That was McCain, if you didn't know it. And about two or three weeks ago, I was in bed and I finally got to sleep and I heard all this racket, everyone. And I'd put my cane over on some pillows and it rolled off and went ding, 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 ding. Like that. I still got it. <clears throat> But to think about the words, first words of that little toddler. The words. <clears throat> By the word, Jesus made this earth. He spake it into existence. <clears throat> think about this. Jesus, that little boy, had dirty clothes. He 
got dirty. He got sweaty. He needed to take a bath. This is the king of the Jews. This is the rose of Sharon. And this is the altogether lovely one in the flesh. He needed to comb his hair, brush his teeth, wash his face. Maybe he got a cold or the flu. Or maybe he got sick in his stomach after eating Mary's chili or something like that. How do you think about that? This was that little baby that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But Joseph, I wonder if Joseph ever had to correct Jesus. He was flesh, like as we are. Yes, the one moment that invisible God of heaven became visible. He became touchable. He became pierceable. He became whippable and nailable. All of those things. He became. Now think about that. How unjust like that. The Son of God was born in a flesh body. Follow that flesh body. When you're reading this first chapter in John, it'll tell you who Jesus is. Now for the rest of the book of John and the three epistles of John and the revelation written by John, all of those tell us what he did. John 1, who he is. And all the rest of it, what he did. And you know what? Everything that God did, we were on his mind. He died for us. Now you think about Jesus. If you read through like that, you're going to find how he was so terribly mistreated, how he was beaten, how he was disrespected, and all the wicked and evil things that they did to this one who became a babe in the manger, God in the flesh. God gave his only begotten son. Why? Because he so loved the world, not you and I that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That babe that was born, that one moment when divinity took on the garb of humanity, and uh, <clears throat> he was willing to die for my sin and yours. How long? How long has it been since you said, Lord, I thank you for loving me so much that you died for me. I try to tell the Lord that every night. I'm so grateful that God had a plan before the beginning of this world. He had a plan. Christmas today is just a part of that plan. The one who was born, Jesus Christ, Son of God, is the main player in all of this. And it was He, He who died for 
our sin. I thank Him so much that He died for my sin and to give me everlasting life. I wrote down something. I was, I was going to tell you. Yeah, here it is. Let me show you what God does for. He cares for us. You know that? I care for my people. I care for my family. And I can stay busy doing things for them. But our Lord, He was the, He is our protector, our provider. He's our peace. He's our prosperity. Did you know this? That the Bible teaches that true believers can have wealth. Back in the book of Deuteronomy, it said, it is God that giveth thee power to get well. That's God working on our behalf. And he gives us power. The Christian life is not, by any means, it's not an easy life. And it's not without trouble. I don't know. I think about this. What if in the next moment, Jesus were to come back? for his people. Where would you be? I have another poem. I think this one was printed out. Most of you have read it. This is written by a young man that used to pastor here. He, this is Don. This was found on his desk the day he died. This poem was written in 1985. There's more to it than I have. But I want you to listen to this. When we found this, uh, we said, that's God giving us some peace. And it says, Then glory shined in darkness, and an image did I see. From out of the dismal past, my Savior greeted me. He took my hand and held it firm within his arm, and led me through the darkness, and we walked into the dawn. Now this door I passed through. I did not face alone. But I know it was the door Jesus built to take his children home. The door now closed behind me, and we must separate be. But one day soon you'll face this door. Do you have the key? What is the key? Salvation. Salvation. God gave us such a wonderful gift. You know, I read, I read the Apostle Paul's writing, and I, I, I get into, uh, into Philippians, and I, and I read there, it says, for me to die is Christ. <clears throat> for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. I, f I found no piece of paper in my notes written by Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers that ever preached. And I love this thing. He said, uh, when man, when a child of God dies, what does he gain? I've preached this message similar to this in funerals by the scores throughout the years. But I, I love to say what Paul said, to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better for better. Now that's hard for me to accept sometimes. It's hard for me to accept tonight. But Dawn is in far better place. 
right now. And I think about this, and I think, well, what do you gain when you go to heaven? Well, this old boy is talking about here said, well, you gain more friends than you lose. He had lost many in a lifetime, but he meets them all again. He said that the parents, the brethren, the sisters who died in youth or age and passed the stream of life and went on. The mother finds her little infant and then there the father meets his children. And there the old patriarch greets his family to the third and fourth generation. That's going, that's going to be me. You watch. And uh, he said uh, their brothers clasp arms together and uh, husband meets a wife no more to be married or given in marriage but to live together like the angels of God. I can't wait. And my wife ever now and then will call me angel. But I don't think she knows what she's talking about. But she calls me. Did you know there's going to be a time when I'm going to turn and say, come on, angel, because we're going to be living with God. Now you think about this. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you. Receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. What a wonderful thing to think about is that one day, one day, we're going to go to be with this one who says, as the psalmist did in 23.6, he said, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One of these days, I'm going to live where Jesus lives. One of these days, I'm going to walk the streets of my heavenly Father's place that he prepared for me. Think on that. Two ways. Two ways we'll meet Jesus. One, in the rapture. That is when he comes to take his church out. What a day that's going to be. Or the other is, as he did with our pastor, he comes and takes him to be with him. Now, whatever there, whatever we can think of, we need to understand that Jesus paid the price. He made it all possible. And that little wrinkled up baby that was born and, uh, and there wasn't any room for him in the inn. But thank God Mary and, and Joseph held on to him close. And they loved that little boy and they watched him grow. And I wonder how much they knew about him being God's son. See, God already told them. He told Joseph and Mary both. And then he also said they were a mighty, highly blessed people. If you're saved tonight, friend, you're blessed of God. You are most wealthy if you know Christ as your personal Savior. Because can I tell you, I think of this so often. I've said it so often. At the end of the year, I have said, in this auditorium, said somebody right now that won't be here next year. Look how many precious people 
we've buried over the last 10, 12 years. One day, we'll see them again. Would not have been possible had it not been for that one who was born in Bethlehem's manger. Are you ready to meet him? Are you ready to, to meet him and to listen to him say, come on home, buddy, sister. You come on home. I've got a place made for you. Would you bow your heads with me? I don't know. There may be somebody right here tonight that has never accepted Christ as a personal Savior. Now, I, I don't know that, and uh, I wouldn't even try to talk about it other than to say God knows everything, and uh, God has made it possible. But I want you to think with me that back yonder years ago, God gave us the most blessed gift man could ever have, that being Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He gives us a book telling us how to get to heaven. If you'll stay with me, and when we get finished with the night, and I get all the rattles out, I'm going to be back here Sunday morning. God allows me to. I'll be preaching Sunday morning now there. I'm going to tell you how. You can enter the new year a different person, but better. Father, tonight, I thank you for these blessed people. They've been so patient to listen and to hear an old recipe voice. But yet they've heard the word of God. And I pray, dear Lord, that you will bless in a very special way in every life. Every person here, draw them close to you. Help us, dear Lord, to live for you and to wait for you to come because you're surely coming. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.